This is Inspired Astrology with Lauren K. Hickman, offering energy interpretation for every new moon, full moon, and significant celestial event. Well, hi there. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to this space. Just turning into your body for a minute. Where are you? How are you feeling? In your traveling home, your vehicle, your shell, your physical activity that leads to conscious evolution, right? Welcome to University Planet Earth. Hey, it's me, Lauren K. Hickman. You have found the Inspired Astrology Podcast. Thanks for being part of my tiny little crowd, my tiny community. Um, I hope that you are feeling good because there is a lot happening astrologically at the end of this year. So let's let's dive into it, shall we? The Gemini full moon drops here in Central Standard Time at 10:35 p.m. on Saturday, December 18th. <laughs> So the Gemini full moon swings our emotional attention to the way we'd like to make our hearts imprint onto the world, right? In the public, to strangers, our community, to those we lack karmic ties to. However, it is in our karmic ties, those bonds and requalifications that we need to make. These are what help us unfurl and recognize What blockages are preventing us from getting to the bottom of things? Happy sad is the way I'd describe this final lunation for this year. (laughs) This year, our time construct delusion, right? That there is linear time. But here we are wrapping up 2021. Happy sad is challenging to describe, right? It's a fullness that's so stimulating and so purposeful and its intention that it pours and leaks into all the places, right? The eyes, the tears, the belly, the heart. And this fullness that gives us, fuels us tremendous curiosity, enthusiasm, life force energy, light, gifts, joy, laughter is simultaneously met by nostalgia and grief and processing bonds and threads to the subconscious and our experience of the passage of time. How can we work with all of this brightness? How can we channel all this desire to connect and this enthusiasm that we have to share? So with our relations, all our relations. That is the breakthrough point. The spirit of connection in the season is us trying to relate to the inextricable feelings that we are picking up with our spider senses and with our heart feelers, all the happenings in the world right now. So we have this exploratory radio tower of our intuition and it's tuning into sentiment and celebration our child selves, our generosity. This may send us into emotional arrears. It's a fun word for 
debt. <laughs> it may send us into emotional arrears as we spend our feelings in whatever mode of expression we do. Some of us reach out, some of us turn in, some of us cry, some of us laugh. But feelings and emotions need an out valve, right? They need a faucet. There's meaning in that. We don't need to hog tie our energy into the pit of our stomachs. This is a time to release and expend and listen and share, right? Gemini, share our wisdom, Sagittarius, share stories, Sagittarius, share knowledge and open up the floodgates of opportunities for everyone. Uh, Side note, not everyone appreciates unsolicited advice. Um, So start your ooh, 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 hand up in the air offering with uh, may I offer some insight? Conversational consent is sexy, just have to say. So this is the idea of sharing your community, your connections, your, your guide points, right? My, my father always said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And some people could use a leg up, right? I've really appreciated all the support that I've received in Milwaukee of people going out of their way to try and connect me and connect me again and making those phone calls and those text messages and those coffee dates. And somebody in your life may need just the same support. We need one another more now than ever. So share your contacts, right? You know, (laughs) no need to, to hold on to those things. We all benefit when we share. There's more abundance when we all open up our hearts. And generosity can look a lot of different ways. Um, So I do have to mention there's a lot of tension right now, and this deserves release. All of this on the backdrop of this full moon. So we have a Saturn Uranus square that's nearing exactness. And I'm like, weird weather, right? It was 70 degrees two days ago, and then it was 30 yesterday. And the winds were at, I don't know, 65 miles per hour here in Wisconsin and in the Midwest. Some places much more than that. And you can always go back and listen to one of my earlier podcasts about this Saturn-Uranus square. Um, But this is the march of change. This is the tension of tradition and the experience of innovation, revelation, evolution, moving forwards, which is the Uranus energy. So they're going exact for their third and final contact on December 24th which is my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. We have the biannually retrograde period of Venus, now in Capricorn. Um, So the last Venus retrograde was in June of 2020, kind of thereabouts, May to June of 2020. And the last time that Venus was in this particular vibe was in December of 2013. This is a 40-day descent into the underworld of our subconscious, our psyche, our values, the heart within the heart, the depth within the depth, the shadow, right? And especially with Pluto being there, conjunct, which if you don't know (laughs) astrological uh, terminology, that's a lot of words, it's a mouthful, conjunct means near or very, very close, or even on top of exact in degree. 
So currently Pluto is at 25 degrees Capricorn and Venus is at 26 degree, degrees Capricorn, which means that they are conjunct by one degree. So Pluto, when tied with the planet Venus, creates this inextricable energy and um, magnetism, right? It is intense. Naming what you want, saying what you want, going after what you want, as well as exploring what's the reason behind that? What is the kink behind that? The underneath, the underwhelming, right? The stuff that you can't see. So any of the unprocessed muck of Venus themes may be reproduced this season and beyond, right? The stuff of 2013, maybe what you didn't deal with then has to be brought to the surface once again. Um, Venus won't station direct until the end of January. So this is January 29th, December 19th through January 29th, we have this Venus retrograde. So themes here. Venus and Capricorn themes relate to reevaluating your resources. Resources like love and feeling cherished, just as much as it is about money or shelter or community and that all too slippery connection with our source, our higher self, and our creator. So it's winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. So the contact with our own right use of resources, Capricorn season, right? It connects to the material matter in our life as much as it does the somewhat limited energy of time, right? Very Capricornian. And attention, which we can be given away freely, but it can never be returned, right? So where are you placing your attention? Is the thing valuable? Does it carry integrity and purpose in its energy use? If we correlate this with partnership, right? Are we bending our will to try and fix someone to avoid doing our own self-work? I'll say that again. Are we bending our will to try and fix someone to avoid doing our own work? Or are we trolling the world, denying perfectly compatible mates, Venus territory, relationship territory? Are we denying perfectly compatible partners, collecting useless, shiny garbage in the effort to seek, collect, and gather, right? Rather than appreciating what we have right in front of us. We are a culture of collectors. There's so much more to that. The collection of spirituality, of religious beliefs, of traveling to other countries and collecting objects or some of our ancestors doing that and pillaging and putting stuff in museums that don't belong to us so that we can call them our own, treasure them, right? Is this right use of will? That was a sidebar there, but the question being at the core of this Venus retrograde is what gives you sustainable joy? What nourishes your inner heart and not just your ego's fancy? My last point here on this chart is that Mercury is emphasized um, by both the lunation of the moon being in Gemini, opposite Sagittarius sun, and then the ascendant energy from here on Lake Michigan in Virgo. So Mercury in Capricorn is trine, 
uh, which is like an easy energy. <laughs> Uranus and Taurus. So one is the higher octave of the other and both are in earth signs, right? Uranus is the higher octave of Mercury. One is in Capricorn, one is in Taurus. So what is normally an electric and freedom-seeking energy, bubbling and bouncing about, is having to channel itself into structured formats. So it's not Mercury in chains, so to speak, but Mercury with a desk job, right? So maybe it's time to kind of go over finances, or maybe it's a good time to look at the year ahead and kind of get an idea, like a structure, a framework of what you want to accomplish, right? Because Capricorn's always seeking to climb the mountain and to do the next step, take the next uh, task to get the job done. It's not Uranus in a cage, but Uranus revitalizing and concentrating on what matters, right? Taurus, appreciating what exists and what's here and now. So as you move towards the third and final square of Uranus and Saturn this year, let us reflect on our progress. Are we moving into our own future via the course of here and now? Or are we still clinging to our known ways of comfort, your old patterns and self-deceptions and control issues? And if you are still clinging, ask yourself what you're afraid of. Is it change around you? Or is it making the change within? Yeah, so that's your that's your report for the Gemini full moon this weekend. I don't know, what else do you want to talk about, right? <laughs> maybe maybe the breakdown of some of this conversation that we've been having. You know, the, the moon at 27 degrees Gemini is opposite the Sag sun at 27 degrees, the bottom of the chart. And these two are in kind of an interesting square to Neptune and Pisces. And I I don't want to say that this is an exact square because it's at 20 degrees. So it's not that close, especially with Neptune being at, at the far reaches of the universe. But I like the tension between the sun and the moon. And this T-square to Neptune is the release valve. And it's placed in Pisces, which is about the everyone energy, the energy of connectedness, and in the house of relationships, right? Our partners and our people and our workmates and all the things, right? I mean, traditionally, the seventh house is like your boss or your collaborator or your partner. But with Neptune being there, it's, it's a little bit more blurred on what those boundaries look like. When we really consider ourselves as interdependent, if you've not thought about that word, interdependence is this inextricable connection that we have to all things. Uh, my friend Ethan Nickturn wrote this book called One City, and in the opening chapter, discussing this concept of emptiness and interdependence in the Buddhist faith helps us to see more clearly that the water coming down a mountain that nourishes the crops of coffee beans and the hands that pick those cherries and dried and ground them and roasted them and all the things that come along somehow end up in our coffee cup in the morning, right? And it all starts with that rainwater. And maybe that rainwater was drank by the dinosaurs, right? And it's just been evaporating and redistributing itself 
throughout time immemorial, right? That these molecules are essentially the same molecules that we're just sharing and interchanging. I remember early on in my metaphysical journey, thinking about how just breathing in the same space as another body, that we're essentially exchanging molecules. We're all connected, whether we see it or not. Right? So this, this emotional tension between our past and our karmic ties and our emotional bonds and the things that we're seeking freedom from, right? So that we can do our work in the world, that we can share our hearts and make an impact on our communities, to connect, to build something beautiful together, to play together in this world, sharing a dream, a vision for something better, greater, more hopeful. And that release valve is through connection, through sharing ourselves, I want to talk some more about the Saturn Uranus square as well as the the Mercury or the Venus retrograde. Pardon me. Yeah, Saturn Uranus has, especially with Saturn being an Aquarius, you know, it's like sort of its traditional home sign, and then Uranus being in an Earth sign, it's a little like a little weaker, a little like I don't want to say the word weak. But Uranus is not, it's more like electricity or a lightning bolt. And for it to be grounded in an earth sign, you know, it helps to enlighten issues that we're seeing in climate change, which, I mean, the crazy freaking weather we've had in the Midwest and the tornadoes and derecho and all all of the things that have been happening, hugely destructive of structures, right? And, you know, Uranus is the constant of change. It is the future. It's innovation, revelation, all those things that I mentioned earlier about moving us forward. Saturn represents structure and the the energies that be, in a sense. Like, I don't want to drop the P word all the time, but like patriarchy is definitely part of Saturn. But it's it's a teacher. Saturn is karma. Saturn is fear, what we're afraid of. The energy of Aquarius? Are we afraid to move into a new age? One where we're seeing the Earth as planet Earth, as spaceship Earth, as Buckminster Fuller called it? Yeah, I mean, the third square, I mean, it's it's been a year, right? I mean, January, we had the insurrection at the Capitol. You know, this is very America-centric. I know this. I recognize this. You know, we just, we've just just been going through so much. It's been a lot. You know, and that's why taking care of ourselves and our neighbors and checking in on people is so important right now. And a Gemini full moon really speaks to community and a little bit of joy, right? I mean, I'm hoping that this kind of infusion of holiday spirit for some people you know, for me, I you know, I just think about the solstice. The solstice shines on my Neptune IC at the very bottom of my chart. So usually it's a very like reflective and in-depth time for receiving information. So depending on where the solstice hits in your chart and where this lunation hits in your chart, you know, there's different things that we all have to attend to, the themes within our own lives. And of course, my interpretation comes from like a larger standpoint. You know, I can't do it all, right? But um, yeah, the Saturn Uranus square is affecting people with those fixed signs, right? Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, 
Aquarius. And especially if you're running into those degrees, like anywhere from like 10 to 13 degrees, it means that you might be getting a little harder hit than most people, right? So take it, take it gentle. Maybe, maybe there's things that you can reflect on, right? Give me a call. Call your friend. Book a therapy appointment. Just take care of you, you know? Big change on the horizon for all of us, but specifically those signs who signed up for progress, right? Especially this year. So Venus retrograde, let's chat about that for a moment. Um, there's some really beautiful mythology about Venus in doing this retrograde cycle. Um, I spoke with my mentor, Ryan Evans, and I'm going to be quoting from some of our conversation based on seasonal archetypology. And some of you know that I am co-authoring a book with Ryan Evans, who is a student of Stephen Forrest. Um, Not just a one-time thing, but like many, many years and now doing um, mentorship through the Forest program. So if you are looking for a mentor, if you are going through the Forest Evolutionary Astrology School, um, yeah, you can hit up hit up Ryan and do some uh, some tutoring. <laughs> Very Jupiterian of you, Ryan, with your Sun, Neptune, and Sag, right? Um, yeah, side note, Sagittarius felt pretty prominent in this chart for some reason. There's The nodes are pointing at it. South node, one degree Sag. North at one degree Gemini. And those guys are just bouncing right square from Jupiter and Aquarius at those final degrees before it heads back into Pisces. Hopefully that will bring many blessings in its home sign. But we had to, we have to get right, you know, Jupiter and Aquarius this year retrograding through. It's like we have to get right with one another. We have to take care of one another. Generosity, groupthink, community. Um, okay, so back to the nodes and Mars pointing at Jupiter. Jupiter is the, the planet of the masters, master teachers, masterful energy, skillful energy. And it is in the house of the masters, the sixth house in this chart, um, if you're looking at it from an esoteric perspective. Um, and I keep thinking, like, are you tired of pattern uh, of patterns? You know, tired of patterns of behavior with the way that you've been doing things or with old teachers or like the old paradigms of religion? You know, how can you break free? And I think that a lot of my clients are healing from religious, I don't want to say trauma, but certainly a lot of people have a lot of trauma with religiosity and the guilt and shame and the body hating shit that kind of disconnects us from our God-given pleasure. You know, like there's a reason that we're built to have all these nerve endings and amazing experiences with our bodies because it, it connects us with ourselves, right? And sex is beautiful and it can be messy and it can be crazy because power is part of sex you know and shared energy and intimacy and connection all of these words right which is you know part of the venus conversation here but if you're healing from patterns you know there there is kind of a gap where there is community lacking i think for people who grew up in church settings and I have to say, people who grew up in churches are 
some of my favorite people in a way because they know how to get folks together, to gather. And that's magic, you know, because magic is where people are. Magic and goodness happens when people come together. There's something really powerful and incredible about sharing spaces with lots of people or people with a really similar intention. It's powerful. It's, it's hard to, to put your finger on it, but if you've experienced it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Whether that's a concert, an art event happening. I'd, I'd like to see those people you know, figure out a way to re-channel that energy of community into something that doesn't worship a disembodied God, right? That it brings us together to recognize that we, in a group, create that God vibe, that energy vibe of connection and frequency and love and that heart-centered quality that we're all seeking, you know, our home here on Earth. That we can bring heaven to Earth if we just get on board, if we just allow it to happen or to connect or to get a vision of what that looks like, it gives us something to look forward to and try to create together. Um, I don't know. That's just my insight. I don't really have like a, like an ending on that. (laughs) All right, back to Venus retrograde. So December 19th, which is the day after the full moon, Um, Probably just hours after the full moon, if you look at it that way. December 19th, Venus in Capricorn goes a retrograde, which just means it stops. It's not actually like moving backwards in space. It just looks that way from Earth. So it's a perspective thing, right? Ryan used the word transmogrified. (laughs) But here we go. So what's important to you? What is important to you? What is worth it? What's really worth it? Because Venus and Capricorn, if if I'm in hell with you, I don't want to take my bullshit and project it onto you and vice versa. Let's do this. Are we going to do this, right? If we think about Venus in relationship. So if we look at it from the seasonal archetypology approach, which is Ryan Evans, uh, heart child, brain child, um, You know, so if you are going to heat this whole house and it's five degrees below zero, um, are you going to heat the whole house or are you going to save money or your wood supply or your resources by blocking off this half of the house that you don't really need to use this season, this winter? So if, if you feel good about the way that we relate or how we relate and connect with ourselves, right? Think about what's inside of you. What empty rooms need to get shut off? What parts of you need less energy, right? The, I guess there's an excessive neediness in trying to pull other people from us and keeping the fire going if you just got to take care of yourself right? You got to take care of you. Um, So Ryan said, I'm not going to fix you and you're not going to fix me. So I'm not going to carry your water up the hill unless you're sick, right? Because it's winter. We got work to do Capricorn season. So I don't need to like 
offer that to you unless it's of integrity, right? You can do your part. I'm going to do my part. I'm not going to be nice, right? If it's out of devotion and out of service, that's a reason to carry your water supply up the hill or your emotional content up the hill. So if you're in a relationship with yourself or with another person, like, is it really worth it? That's the question here. What's important to you? Venus wants you to gather and, you know, get receptive unto yourself. Stop gathering and look at what you've got. So consider your resources. Consider what you want, right? Venus is about desire. And Venus in Capricorn, you know, it can be a little vain, sorry to say, you know. There's some vanity in Capricorn because there is re this relationship with time and with aging. Uh, so we got to tune into that feeling of what's, what's really necessary. Um, I hope that that made sense. My notes are a little fuzzy. I was taking them over the phone. So um, hopefully the, the big pieces got connected to you. You know, so there's your, there's your astrology report. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I just, uh, you know, before I close out this session, I just want to say thank you to everyone in Des Moines for filling up my cup. And I'm not talking just about, you know, financially. I really appreciate the exchange for the time and the service and especially your investment in doing the work on yourself, right? Um, I was incredibly impressed with the quality of hearts. Everyone that I spoke with, everyone that committed to a transformer session, everyone that brought them full, their full selves to the table every single time. I was just so moved by the experience that I had this last round. And it's really interesting that seasonally, depending on when I come in and what the astrology is, it's like deep work every time, you know, cancer season, we cried together, right? Like there was a lot of like childhood stuff. And then Scorpio season, right? There was just like, oh, just all this good gooey pouring out, getting deep, digging in heels in the dirt kind of shit. And it was just dope. Like I loved working with you guys. And the Sagittarius season, man, I did that pop-up at Kin during Promenade, and it was hysterical. The funniest stuff happened there, trying to lead y'all through a meditation, and carolers came in, and were singing, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And you can't, like, pause and pretend that that's not happening. You know, a big part of the meditation that I teach and what I work with is inviting sound into the moment, because sound exists only in now. Right? You're hearing a recording, but the sounds that are blurting out of your speakers right now is sound. It is now. Now, 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 now. I won't annoy you with that. That'd be pretty, pretty weird of me. Um, but inviting sound and breath and attention and embodiment, getting in your body will always invite us back to the present moment. It takes us out of fear and anxiety, it just plugs you in. And there was just so much levity and joy as much as there was wisdom seeking and the search for community, which is massive right now, you know, and then being back in the carriage house loft in Sherman Hill and inviting people into that space to really unfold and unravel and do the deep work. I was absolutely moved because there wasn't any just like, hey, like I'm just trying to like, you know, feel more peaceful. It was like, I'm 
damaged in some way and I, I want to open this wound up and let it heal. Like I want to break the bone and let it reset in a, in a better way because this hurts and I can't go on like this. I can't keep walking on this wound. It meant a lot to me and I, I just wanted to thank you um, and to the humans that showed up in, and shared with me that they listened to this and that I make an impact and I had a Sagittarius, um, Logan, I'm just saying your name. I know you're listening, darling, but to hear that my voice feels like home to people who are far away from their known environment is they, they're staking out their claim in the world. They're the pioneer, just like a Sag, just like an Aries, you know, just staking out their claim in the world, trying to figure out who and what they are and their identity. And just to, I, it brought me to tears. You know, I, I put this work out there. I spent a lot of time doing the creative process of this, sitting with it, you know, just me in my basement right now, right? I could be anywhere, but um, it means a lot to me to know that, that you're receiving this work and doing the work yourselves, right? Um, another really great gal, uh, she used the word whoosh bag, which is, that's going to be like my new favorite term for 2022. Uh, I joke with folks that I'm woo adjacent. Uh, and I mean that lovingly because there's a lot of good woo out there. There is some good woo. Have to tell you that. Um, I think rituals are important. I think ceremony is important. I think that working with plants and rocks and herbs and, uh, intention is incredibly important. Um, I don't really, you know, see my work in that, that vein because I, the tools that I use are, you know, (laughs) mental plane and like buddhic plane tools, right? Like energy, intuition, astrology is like probably the most grounded thing that I do. Is astrology grounded? It's very Mercury Uranus stuff, right? (laughs) Must be the season. Um, but whoosh bag, really, that tickled me. So I I hope that you take that term and uh, find good use for it in some capacity, right? Um, So anyway, thank you. Thank you for for listening, uh, for being part of my journey. Um, I am feeling way more optimistic about life, um, which was a huge shift for me. I, I went to Des Moines with social anxiety, like debilitating social anxiety because of freaking Omicron and freaking however 22 months of panini and just like going through all of this darkness together these are dark times people but if we shine our flashlights on it we find our shine our consciousness on all of this and something is going to change something's going to shift um and i feel like my optimism vessel was worn out by december of this year um you know, I, I feel like I really hold a lot of space and enthusiasm for people, like really trying to bring that flow of God energy into the world in every day and every way that I move. And I have no problem admitting depression and admitting my low parts, because if I were to lie about that, that would make me a whoosh bag. Okay. <laughs> like spiritual bypassing kind of crap. Um, so I, you know, I honor those depressive modes because they help me to see when I'm light. Yeah. So good things, right? Just feeling, feeling good. Um, last night I like flexed my bravery flag pretty hard. I, uh, went up to perform at a moth 
Story Slam here in Milwaukee. Um, some people know the Moth Podcast or the Moth Hour, uh, Moth Stories, so to speak, and they have these like little competitions all over the all over the United States, maybe in other countries. I'm not sure, um, but they're just like a theme. You know, there's like one word is the theme, and then you get up and you slam against ten other folks and tell your stories, you know, whoever throws their, their, uh, hat in the ring. (laughs) And I got there last night just thinking I would go in and listen that, you know, probably lots of people had prepared and that was not the case. And they were like, yo, you should come up. And I was like, uh, okay. And like my body just took me up to the front before my brain could think about it. And dude, my heart was in my, my gullet, my throat for maybe half an hour. I could not get my heart rate to go down. And I just was like, dude, I'm going to do this. And like my adrenals were so freaked out. My mouth was so dry when I got up to the mic. But I told a five minute story. Somehow I got it. I mean, obviously, like I'm 36 minutes into this podcast. I can talk for a while, right? You know this about me. But I, I did it. I kept it concise. It was like sad AF. And then like some levity, like yoga jokes, which I have many, many yoga jokes, uh, if you know me and have heard parts of my story. And I friggin' won. I won the moth poetry slam, story slam thing. And I haven't done anything like that in so long. It was really great and it totally lit my fire. And I was like, wow, I did a thing. I did a thing. And I hope that this maybe inspires you to go do a thing that maybe makes you uncomfortable or makes your heart rate go up too fast unless like you would faint and don't do that. You know, one gal got up and was like, if I puke, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't puke. (laughs) Uh, I did the best I could and I had no expectations and, and I won generous judges. It was, it was really sweet. So thank you, Milwaukee. Thank you, Anodyne Coffee for having me. Um, what else is happening? Dude, I, I booked out Kosha December 30th, I'm going to be in Madison, and I look forward to seeing any of you that are going to be there. Angie, if you're listening, I can't wait. I saw that booking and was so stoked about it. Um, I'm doing the Transformer Sessions, which is my new ridiculous name, trying to like bring a sense of humor about astrology and Reiki. Again, I am woo adjacent, and I have a really weird sense of humor. So I thought, let's let's make it silly. Let's call it the Transformer because like, yes, it's that, but also like playful, right? Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing all you folks um, for the New Year's for astrology readings and for doing um, this really, really special work. Um, I'm so grateful for my my Reiki lineage and that this technique was developed uh, adjacent to Reiki to it's basically like Reiki EMDR. I don't know. I mean, my teacher called it like psychic surgery. Um, I, <laughs> I remember Joy Renee, who was my, my, um, my second Reiki master, um, who held David Gerald and Mary, or, uh, Carolyn Wycaster's lineage. Um, and she said it was like doing a year's worth of therapy in one session. So if that was your experience and I don't hear from you, like, please be in touch. Let me know how you're feeling. Um, you know, part of, part of doing these processes is having like a 21 day cycle afterwards, which was leading right up into the new years. Um, so if you're going through it, if I, if I assisted in setting off a time bomb of emotions inside of you, um, sorry, not sorry. In the words of Pee Wee Herman, um, (laughs) sorry, not sorry. I want to help you. I want to support you. So reach out if you're needing me right now.
Um, other news, I'm going to be gone for most of January, fingers crossed. Uh, I'm taking a trip with my family that we've been planning on for many years, and I have not talked about it because it very well might be canceled the day before we leave town. Um, so uh, I will bring back stories from Egypt. I'm going on an educational tour that has been canceled multiple times uh, over the last couple of years. Um, so I'll let you know how that goes. I never in my lifetime thought that I would get to go to Egypt. So let's hope it happens this time. So um, I want to I want to thank uh, Andrea Gorsh. Um, K Apothecary uh, closed in Mount Vernon because she came to Des Moines to come back to doing uh, construction work and management and organization stuff, which is so fire for her. She's so great. Um, I just wanted to give her a shout out and that my like thoughts are with you. And I think you're awesome and super appreciate all the support this year and doing sponsorship for the Inspired Astrology podcast. Like you make it make it easy for me, dude. So thank you so much for that. Um, However, if you're in Milwaukee and want to be my sponsor, (laughs) or if you're anywhere, really, I mean, the the meta space is vast and wide, wide, wide. So uh, yeah, I'm grateful for that. So I'm going to quit yabbering and just wish you a very, very happy solstice. And I hope this Gemini full moon fills your freaking heart to the brim and moves you into a happy, sad space and that you get to just like gush everywhere with your family and try to feel that love and try to heal those wounds or stay away from your family if they're toxic for your happiness, right? Like boundaries are a big part of spiritual work. So don't be shat on, make space for yourself, take timeouts, do check-ins. Um, in the program, we always call them book endings. So, you know, before you go into a cir- circumstance of stress, you call somebody and then when you leave, you call them back and you say, I survived. I did the thing. So do the thing, take care of you. Happy New Year. This is Inspired Astrology with Lauren K. Hickman. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren K. Hickman and online at energyinterpreter.com or you can type my name into your search bar. It should come up. Um, I am a Reiki practitioner of 20 years, um, offering third degree Reiki treatments and supporting you on your journey. I use the tool of astrology, I call it inspired astrology, the same as this podcast, which is a combination of esoteric, mundane, evolutionary, interpersonal astrology uh, to celebrate you and to kind of tune into the blockages and things that might be happening in your life or just getting a chance to celebrate your you-ness and what makes you precisely and generously who you are. I offer readings virtually online as well as Reiki as a distance session. You can read more about that on my website if you like, or just reach out if you want to do a consultation and talk for a few minutes about how I can support you from a distance. I do do pop-ups in multiple cities in Des Moines, Madison, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you'd like to have me come to your event, to a full moon circle, or to some gathering I do all kinds of uh, inspired spiritual work as well, uh, including hospice visits, um, 
I write written reports for newborn babies and marriages and children and you, right? If you wanted a written report that gets to celebrate your Eunice, just reach out to me online. I'm pretty accessible. So thank you for listening to the Inspired Astrology Podcast. If you feel so inspired, please feel free to send me a donation, buy me a matcha or a coffee, a mocktail, if you will. And you can send that to Venmo at laurenkhickman.com. Just put a little star in the memo. Um, I do have a donation um, offering for a subscription. It's called Dragon Donna. Dragon is my hound dog. And Donna is the idea of a teaching offering, uh, which is just given from the heart to a teacher. It's not something of obligation, but it is uh, a form of exchange and honoring the teachings, not the teacher. So if you'd like to do that, you can sign up for the subscription. Uh, It's about $5 a month. I get a portion of that. And it's really helpful in sustaining this work and keeping me fueled so I can keep producing, writing, creating from my heart to yours. So I hope that you have a happy solstice. Thank you for listening.